hear the story about it. I'm not honest. You're not allowed to not be honest. Is that better now? several years ago, and he pastored a church in San Francisco for about 20 years, and he wrote a book in relation to the events, some common things, some common sinful things that went on there in his home city, and he titled the book, When the Wicked Sees the City. As a result, his home was set on fire soon thereafter. It didn't burn to the ground, but it did get set on fire, and, and he made provisions after that. He, he re, redid his children's bedrooms as if they were fireproof bunkers, uh, and he continued to live there, and he continued to stand for the truth in Christ. He did it in love. He went to the hospitals, and he ministered to people who, as a result of a disease that they contracted, they were, they were dying of AIDS in the hospital, and he went and he told them about Jesus Christ, that they could trust Him as Lord and Savior. So he stood for Christ strong, but he stood in love. And one day, he heard of a meeting that was going to take place, a council meeting, uh, concerning a particular issue that... He had dealt with in the lives of people, in the lives of sinners, and he was persecuted for it, though he showed love for it, and, and this issue was very passionate to his heart, so he attended the council meeting that took place in his city. And as he got there, he sat and this preacher listened to the legislation. And after the legislation, then came the voting time on the issue at hand. But a question was first asked to the people before the voting took place. And the question was, is there anyone who has anything to say? The local pastor, he stood up. He stated his name. He let them know that he was a citizen of Sunset District, San Francisco. And he also stated, I would like to say nothing of myself, but I would like to call three individuals whom I have respected greatly for many years. He then read from Moses in Leviticus. He read from David in the Psalms. And he read from Paul in Romans chapter 1. As he turned to sit down, someone said, wait. Who are these men, Moses, David, and Paul? And someone else said, you were reading from the Bible, weren't you? And he simply replied, yes, I was. And before he had a chance to sit down, someone said, I vote no. And then another voted no. And then another voted no. He didn't even sit down whenever the bill was rejected out of that council meeting. This battle was won by the word of God and, and nothing else. It took nothing else. Battles are so sweet when they're won in the Lord and, the, and God has given us the ability to win battles in Him. 
You and I can probably recall a battle in our life that has taken place that we lost in our own strategy, in our own efforts, and our own energy. We all have those experiences. God wants to help us in those experiences. So therefore, as we look at this battle that went on in Jericho, as Joshua led the children of Israel, this is a model plan for winning our battles in the Lord. There's a lot that takes place in this chapter. We're not going to share it all, but three main points that we're going to talk about tonight is that the Lord gave instruction to Joshua on how to defeat Jericho. And then, after that, Joshua gave instruction to the children of Israel on how to go out and to defeat Jericho. And the children of Israel followed their leader, Joshua's instructions, and they won this battle. To refresh us on these commands that came from the Lord, we might consider for just a few minutes something that took place here. The children of Israel were to march around this wall of Jericho. They were to, they were to go around it once a day for six days. One time a day, every day, for six days, they go around this wall. They weren't to be looking for soft spots in the ground they could tunnel under. They weren't to be looking for cracks and weakness in that wall so that they could bust through. They weren't to get each other one of these little numbers and look over the wall and see the position and the condition of the enemy inside the city. They were to simply walk around that wall. And that's it. The presence of the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to be there. And the instructions were for it to be there. There were to be seven priests with the Ark of the Covenant. They were to have seven trumpets. And they were to blow that horn seven times. And they were to do it on the seventh day. After the first six days, the children of Israel walked around this wall. Seven is God's perfect number. A number of perfection, a number of completion, by the way. So, so there we go as we remember Joshua in leading the children of Israel here. And as we reflect on this event of God's people defeating Jericho, we can find God's purpose in this message to be understanding that true success in our battles in life are going to come by following the Lord's Word, by obeying God and doing exactly what He would have us to do. May we learn to do this. May we learn to fight our battles in the Lord and not in our own ability. Let's go ahead and share a few facts tonight that are going to help us for winning our battles in the Lord. The first thing we're going to look at in verses 3 through 5, we're going to see some instruction. God gives instruction for the battle. And He says, And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shall thou do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpets, 
and all the people shall shout a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. We have some specific instructions from the Lord for the battle that's ahead of the people of God. And these, as you think about these plans, by the way, they were to blow the horn seven times, the, the, I had the seven in there. But as you think about these plans that the Lord gave specifically for the battle that was to take place, it probably didn't make much sense to Joshua. It probably wasn't the battle plan that Joshua had on his mind. It probably wouldn't make much sense to you and I today what God would have us to do in our battles so many times. It doesn't have to. I'm personally glad that they don't. I'm personally glad that my mind is not on the same level as my God's mind. I'm glad that His ways and thoughts are far higher than mine and ours, and that He has instructions that are just beyond our comprehension and they don't make sense to us. However, that's the way the Lord's Word works. Whatever we want to do, a lot of times He has the opposite plan for us in mind. And so God gives instructions for battle. The Lord gave Joshua instruction. The Lord gives promises with His instructions. Back up to verse 2, right before 3 through 5. And let's look at this promise. And then the Lord said to Joshua... See, I have given into thy hand Jericho and the kingdom thereof and the mighty men of valor. I have given into thy hand. They had a promise of victory. There were instructions that might not have made sense to Joshua, but a promise came with the Lord's instructions. As we look throughout God's Word and seek God's Word, we're going to find precious promises laced in the things that He has called us to do and the way He wants to carry out a battle plan in Him. We can't, we can't say that every battle will turn out for us like this great victory that you see with Joshua and the children of Israel. You, we may not see the immediate victory. It may not work out the way that, that we would like to see it work out. But never never underestimate and never forget about God's judgment day when He finalizes every battle that takes place and God's children win in the end every time. Success in our battles is doing what the Word of God would have us to do. To resist what we want to do in the flesh and to do what God wants us to do. No matter how things turn out. No matter how the immediate effect may look. You win in the end. You may, you may have trouble with a co-worker and you're a Christian and they're not. And, and maybe there, there is constant battle that's taking place. And maybe you step away from that. And you're the first one to be quiet. And you're the first one to stop. And the battle goes away. And some people think that it's a co-worker one. It's really you whenever the fire goes out, the lack of fuel that you put on it. And you have submitted to the Lord and done what the Lord has wanted to do. Within, within His Word are instructions for our lives. And there are many precious promises 
for you and I. The Lord gives promises with His instructions. We can trust the Lord's plan for our lives. No matter what our condition and what we're going through, we can trust the Word of God and how He would have us to deal with a battle in life. It may not make sense, but what do we know about the Lord? We know that He never intends to harm us. We know that He's never going to lie to us. We know that He's never going to change. We know that our God is not the author of confusion. So when you don't understand what He wants you to do, don't go carrying that in the wrong direction because He does not confuse us. He does not tempt us. Our God will never leave us nor forsake us. Why would we follow His plans for our lives? He has good plans for us. He always means good for us. Therefore, you and I should stop and we should hesitate acting in our own ability, doing what, what we immediately would like to do to respond in a situation and go seek the scriptures and listen to the sermon and find out what God would have us to do in fighting our battles in life. God gives instructions for battle. But not only that, he gave them to Joshua, and now Joshua is passing on instructions to the people. You find a long set of the instructions from Joshua to the people in verses 6 through 19. How about that? How, as you look at that, you find that what God gave Joshua to give to the people for battle plans is exactly what Joshua turned around and gave the people. How about that? There's a lot of people that talk about issues with churches and preachers. Uh, I use the simple analogy when witnessing out on the street, if your car broke down, you took it to a mechanic and he cheated you uh, out of some money or did unnecessary work, what are you going to do next time? You're not just going to not go to another mechanic. You're not going to leave your car sitting there. You're going to take it to another mechanic. And so there's, there was a man of God here that was faithful and exactly the way the Lord was leading him to lead the people is exactly the way he led the people. And I believe it's still around today. I believe God still has faithful men he's calling and raising up in ministry today. What God's leader told the people to do, it came straight from the Lord. You know, it's, it's good to pray for the preacher. It's good to pray for the pastor. Because the job he's been given is to be a helper in your life. Uh, someone to lead you and, and to give you instructions to help your life, to do good. That made me really start praying for my preachers through the years that I've had. Because God has given him to help me. He's given the preacher to help all of us. It's good to pray for the one who's guiding the flock. God gives, I believe, special help to the man of God that is leading the people of God. The pastor is to teach the word of God to the people. He will give the people biblical advice for their, for their battles. He wants to help. That's how it was then with Joshua. He didn't want to mess this up. He, knew, he trusted in the Lord and what the Lord had for them in battle plans. That's exactly what he wanted to give to the people. He wanted to see the best for the people. It was that way then, and it's still that way today. Well, Joshua gives the children of Israel 
battle instructions. These are we have plans for the for the Christians battles. If you look at back in verses three through five again, you have precise, exact instructions and commands that the Lord has given for the battle for the people of God. And just as God had specific plans to give to Joshua then, who he, he who he passed on to the children of Israel, he has exactly the plans that you and I need. I don't know if you'll find them in the Word of God, but they're there and they're for you. And in everything you and I do, he has the tailor-made plans that we need for our lives. Something to keep us from resisting acting on our own and, and satisfying self and instead to do what God would have us to do to glorify Him. He wants to be glorified in all we do. Therefore, He gives perfect plans for the things that we're to do, for the battles that we are getting into. The Christian who desires success in their battles will submit to the Lord's ways and give Him the glory, no matter what it is, no matter what the situation is. When we follow the Lord, when we follow His instructions in our lives, there's a time that it will call for you and I to be faithful and to be patient, no matter what seems to be going on. As you look back at verse 14, can you imagine walking around that wall six days in a row? Not doing anything but marching around that wall. And that's the Lord's instructions. And that's what He's given to do. Just that, no more, just walking. You know, we put a we put a negative twist on routine in church sometimes, and I guess it's due if, if we're not really, really into what we're doing and we're not even thinking about it, and it does just become habit, a lot can get lost in routine. There's a positive twist to routine just as well. Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service. I, I think of so many of you, and I picture so many of you, and it just, just walking in and out of that parking lot, wearing that pavement down, wearing the bottom of your shoes out, coming back and forth to worship, coming back and forth to share prayer requests, to sing praises to God, to be under the Word of God, over and over and over. You know, some people really want something exciting to happen all the time. They really want a mountaintop experience all the time. It's either that or there's nothing going on. And don't get me wrong, I love the thought of someone that's never trusted Christ as their Savior to come into this church and, and to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be saved and to watch them as a new creation and, and old things pass away and all things become new and you see a change in someone's life. It is so exciting to see that. I can name names right now. And God has blessed us here with so many people that have experienced that change. And it's an obvious thing you can see. I like to see it. And so many of us, we, we like to see things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we want it all the time. It's either going to be exciting or it's nothing. I tell you what. We come and we gather in the house of God to worship God and maybe maybe you just maybe there's no fireworks 
Maybe you don't feel like anything is going on. You come and you say, you hear the God, word of God, and you leave. And, and we might call that a routine in one way. I look at it in a positive sense in one way. Because God is always up to something great in our lives. God is always doing something amazing in our lives. And we don't even realize that it's happening. Amen? I'm just, I can't find a better investment for my life for certain hours of the week than to be here. I don't think anything can outdo it. I don't think anything better can happen for our lives. Even if no one blinks an eye, when we hear the word of God, we sing praises to God. I'm not saying we ought to be that way, but I'm saying that even during what we might call the boring times of life, even when you're possibly laid up in your bed and you feel useless to God, that there though it's even in those times that God is stirring our heart and He's giving us experience and He's doing something. He's always doing something. In what we, I, I, I haven't been able to stand the mundane times of life where I feel squirrely and I just got to, I have to get up and do something in the Lord. You know, during those times that we just sit and meditate, instead of thinking about these things, God's always up to something good. Amen. They marched around that wall Six days in a row. And, and amazing preparations and plans were coming about by the Lord. Go, go, go over to Joseph for just a minute. And think about Joseph. And think about what his brothers did to him. He ended up being sold over to slavery and he's in Egypt. Years go by. He becomes reacquainted with his brothers. And at the end, something that stands out is he says, Young guys meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. Don't judge any point, any part of your life, and think that God's not using it or that God's not doing something great in it. I'm so glad that the children of Israel were faithful and patient to follow the Word of God. And, and not only that, but that Joshua had the boldness and the faith in the Lord to say, you're going to walk around this city, you're going to walk around this wall one time a day for six days. He was faithful to give the plans for the Christian battle. And even during the mundane times, he's up to something really great in all of our lives as well. How about the people actually following their leader, Joshua's instructions. The children of Israel, they obeyed the command of Joshua. Verse 14, and the second day they accomplished the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they, they rose early at the dawn of the day and they accomplished the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they accomplished the city Seven times, and it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. And then as we go over into verse 20, he says, So the people shouted 
when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpets, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And then go to verse 24. Verse 21 and then 24. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep, and ass with the edge of the sword. Verse 24. And they burnt the city with fire, and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron, they put into the treasury of this house of the Lord. The people followed the commands of the leader which came from God and had brought about success in their lives for their people. They trusted in the promise of victory. And they trusted in the promise of victory in advance. Look back at the end of verse 16. It says, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. And then in the middle of verse 20, it says, when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, the wall fell down flat. The people went up into the city, every man straight before them, and they took the city. They trusted the promise of victory in advance. They shouted before anything ever took place. They shouted, and it was a victory shout. It was a shout of faith that God was going to give them the victory. When we trust and we act upon the Lord's word in our battles, we can shout out the victory in advance. We can give God thanksgiving and praise in advance whenever we're following his word and he's leading and guiding us in our battles and we know that he is. Even if our battles do not turn out like the one Joshua led here with the children of Israel, because we trust and obey, that's where the victory is going to be at no matter what. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thine ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Isn't it wonderful to have a God of victory that gives us victory in our battles of life if we will do it the way that he wants us to do it. God wants us to see here that the only way to truly win our battles is by battling them in the Word of God as the Word of God tells us what to do and not in our own ways and not in our own thoughts. Let us be patient and let us be faithful no matter what times we seem to be in in our battle. No matter if it looks like we're losing, but we're following and trusting the Lord. No matter if it seems unproductive, so many times, part of the battle is wait. Amen. So many times there's a divine timing for our battle. We want it to be now, and God has it set up for later. Giving thanks, shouting victory in advance when you're trusting Him and following His way. God wants us to avoid the temptation of responding in our own ability and simply trust in His ability Amen. for our lives that He can do through us. Maybe you're here tonight and you always expect that, well, it's the core of the church here on Sunday night. Everyone knows Jesus as their Savior. That's not always true. 
And maybe you're here tonight and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's never, there's never been that day in your life that you that you trusted in Jesus to save you from your sins. I want to tell you something. There is a battle that has already been won for you. It's a battle that you could never win on your own. Neither you nor I could ever defeat the battle of sin so that we can get right with God. But Jesus Christ died on the cross at Calvary for all of our sins. Our death would just dismiss it and it would it would create nothing. But the death of the perfect, perfect Son of God that never once sinned, that never once gave in to sin, he knew no sin. He gave his life. The only one that didn't have to die died on the cross at Calvary for all your sins and all of mine. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Your salvation is complete because Jesus won a battle with you over sin. Would you trust in Him as your Lord and Savior tonight? Would you believe in Jesus to save you from your sins? For the Christian that's here, there, there is no doubt that you and I go through battles all the time. And there is no doubt that God has given us a word tonight that you, and He has a purpose in it that you and I might see that we need to stop the habit if we're in it of acting in our own ability, responding quickly, responding with vengeance, responding vindictive, whatever the case may be, responding out of jealousy, whatever it is, and that we would let God take us to victory over our battle. You know, we keep battling. There's always going to be battles in life, but I believe we lose a lot of battles that God intends for us to win. Amen. Maybe we're not going to have an immediate victory sitting before our eyes in them, but if we're not following the Lord's word, we're going to have a lot of lost battles. And God says, I, I, I want to win that one for you. I, I could have done it, he says. And he can. He's almighty. And he's great in all of our battles. So whatever the Lord would have you, Christian, to do tonight, whatever the Lord would have you to do here tonight, if you've never trusted in Christ as your Savior, would you come confessing before God's people? Would, would this be the day you say, I do? I want to trust in the Lord Jesus as my Savior right now. I want to be saved from our, my sins. I want to have eternal life in Jesus. If you'd like to have that great and unspeakable gift, that's yours this evening. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, it's so good to come to you. It's so good to talk to you and to be in your house and to talk about you, dear God. Lord, for all of our battles of life, Lord, I thank you that we can be encouraged that no matter what seems to appear immediately. Lord, the war's already been won, and if we are faithful with you through our battles, the blessings are endless. And the experience with you is just amazing. It's so intimate and so personal. Lord, as Paul said, he wanted to know you and the, the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings, being made conformable.